Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. So I invite you to take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 11. And uh, you will notice that there's an opportunity on the back of your bulletin to take some notes if you so choose. There is something that says this, well that's our title, God is never late. And then underneath that it says Mark 11, chapters 11 through 16. So six chapters left in the book of Mark. Details the last week of Jesus' life. So those six chapters that we're going to look at right now detail the last week of Jesus' life. Now, if you were to go home and read these six chapters, it would probably take you about a half hour or so. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you're enjoying the book of Mark, we will be in chapters 11 through 16 for quite a few more months. So I'm looking forward to that, actually. But this week begins with Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. And we've been, Jesus has been pointing the last year or so to his ultimate uh, purpose, and that was to get to Jerusalem, because there he would be crucified. History tells us it's, and I, I, this is a typo and this is my fault, history tells us it's 33 A.D. in the Jewish month of Nisan on the 10th day. And I hate to be a, a bearer of bad news, but this we normally call Palm Sunday. But probably more likely, and you're going to have a hard time with this, but it probably is more likely Palm Monday. I hate to, I hate to burst that bubble for you. But Nisan 10, 33 A.D. was probably a Monday. And Jesus is crucified on the 14th. We, all, we know this pretty much by history. And what's interesting is according to Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 and 6, the sacrificial lambs, remember at the end of this week is Passover, the sacrificial lambs were selected on this day, Nisan 10. It says that in Exodus chapter 12. And they were selected on this day to be slain on the 14th, Passover Eve. Jesus is selected on Nisan 10 by God and will be sacrificed for the world on Nisan 14. And remember when we studied Hebrews, that passage there talks about Jesus is the once for all sacrifice. No other sacrifice was needed after that. Jesus was the once for all sacrifice. And what we're going to discover today is God is always on time. He's never late. He's never late in the things that are happening in our world. And he's never late in the things that are happening in your life. Jesus, God, is always on time because he is omniscient. And that's a big word that means all-knowing. Hard for us to understand. God is all-knowing. I like that little uh, thing that I got in my wallet. Don't worry about tomorrow. God has already been there. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that, that. Because God is omniscient. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. God has already been there. 
When Jesus became a man, the Bible says in the book of Philippians that he emptied himself. The word is kenosis. He emptied himself of some of his divine attributes. Like, for example, Jesus, when he was living on the earth, could not be omnipresent. He could not be everywhere at the same time because he was in a human body. So he emptied himself of some of his divine attributes. But one attribute he kept, at least in part, was his omniscience, his all-knowing. And in our text today, that attribute, I think, is very, very evident. So if you have your Bible, take it and turn to Mark chapter 11, and we'll be, uh, read together verses 1 through 11. Mark 11, 1 through 11. Jesus has been moving toward Jerusalem. And this is what it says. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany. Now if you remember, what did Jesus do in Bethany? He raised... Lazarus from the dead in Bethany. And so he has quite a following in Bethany because of what he did there. And so Jesus was approaching Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, tell them, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. Verse 4, they went and found a colt outside in the street tied at a doorway. And they untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? Well, Jesus had already told them. They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread palm branches or branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. That is the reading of God's word. And the first thing that I want you to see here is that because Jesus is omniscient, Jesus knew his entry into Jerusalem would agitate his enemies. Jesus knew that his entry into Jerusalem would agitate his enemies. Now, if you go all the way back to Mark chapter 3 verse 6, Jesus says and hears that there is opposition. Mark 3.6 says that the rulers want to figure out a way to kill him. They do not like his ministry because it's in direct opposition of theirs. He is challenging them and they want to kill him. The religious leaders despised him and wanted him dead. This massive, and we're going to talk about how massive this gathering is. Sometimes on Palm Sunday we think maybe there was 50, 60 people, you know, throwing or laying down their cloaks and palm branches and that kind of thing. Well, it's a much bigger than that. This massive gathering only intensifies their desire to kill him because Jesus, according to this massive following and what they were saying, well, he's got a lot of followers. 
It was massive, and there is record in Jewish history that in 40 A.D., so about seven years later, in 40 A.D., listen to this, 260,000 lambs were slain by the priests. 40, uh, 40 A.D. And it's estimated that at 40 A.D., 2.5 million people are in Jerusalem during that Passover. So even if half those people are here, 33 A.D., there's still a whole bunch of people. And with the news, as Jesus went through Bethany, of raising Lazarus from the dead, the news of all the other healings that he did, and Bo and I were talking this morning, that many of those Bible passages that we've talked about, about the healings of Jesus, and it says, and all the people were healed. So there wasn't very many sick people in this region at this time because Jesus was healing a whole bunch of them. With the news of Jesus raising the dead, with the news of Jesus healing, and with the news of Jesus and his authoritative preaching, there was a tremendous gathering. It was like, it was like a Macy's Day parade. I mean, it was huge. There were people that were lining the streets and lots and lots and lots of people. And his enemies are threatened, and so they want to speed his death, which is exactly what God wants as well. The religious leaders did not want to kill Jesus, and the Bible tells us this, the religious leaders did not want to kill Jesus during the Passover because all these people were around him and were following him and were yelling all these wonderful things. They didn't want to do that, but because of an unexpected offer from Judas, they could arrest Jesus, if they so choose, secretly at night and probably get around the throngs of people. Jesus knew his entry into Jerusalem because he was omniscient, at least uh, partway, would agitate his enemies. Jesus also knew his entry would fulfill prophecy. Now Matthew 21 is a parallel passage here. And Matthew 21 says that Jesus would uh, ride on a donkey uh, from Zechariah 9.9. And uh, so actually let's take a look over at Matthew chapter 21, a few chapters uh, earlier. Matthew chapter 21 and verses 4 and 5. So this is the parallel passage. It says here, this took place in verse 4 to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Now Mark doesn't include this, but Matthew does. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So that is the reason that Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey to fulfill prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, from 500 plus years earlier. That's when that prophecy was uh, written. And so Jesus rides in on a donkey. But there is an even greater prophecy that is fulfilled in this time and it's from Daniel chapter 9, and it's the prophecy of the 70 weeks. You can go read about that, Daniel chapter 9, and in fact, David Moss, right down here, has a book of mine that he is reading about Dan Daniel's 70 weeks, and it's quite an amazing prophecy 
I have made a very, well, it's just, I mean, there's books written about it, but I made a front and back copy of kind of a summary, if you will, of that prophecy. But basically what that prophecy says is from the time the king, Artaxerxes, gives permission for the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild. The books of Ezra and Nehemiah are about the rebuilding of the temple. That is about 450 or so. You can read this because there's some date, different kinds of date things. But that's about 450 B.C. is when King Artaxerxes gives permission for the Israelites to go back into Jerusalem to rebuild. The 70-week prophecy, well, the first 69 weeks, Daniel says the king will come at the end of the 69 weeks. Well, the 69 weeks are weeks of seven years. So 69 times seven, now you got to put your thinking brain on. i got it written down in case you don't have that thinking brain this morning. But 69 times seven equals 483 483 from 450 bring us to 33 AD. And it even goes even more specific. Not only does it give the, the year, but it gives the day, and the days are equal to the days that Jesus is entering Jerusalem. It's Daniel's 70-week prophecy, and you're saying, well, what's the 70th week? Well, come to the study of Revelation. And you will discover what the 70th week is. But that is an amazing prophecy. And Jesus knew his entry would fulfill not only Zechariah 9.9, but Daniel chapter 9 and the prophecy there as well. God told Daniel because he is omniscient, the time he would bring the Messiah to die for the sins of the people. Now, another thing, and I think it's a small thing, but it is, it is pretty interesting. Jesus knew where a donkey was and who owned it. All right? Jesus knew where a donkey was and, again, who owned it, showing his omniscience. He knows where a donkey was and uh, he knows who owns it. How can he do that? Well, he's God. That's how, he, that's how he can do it. And he also knows every donkey in the whole world. And if the donkey has a name, he knows the name as well. And you know what? He knows the number of heads on your hair. On your <laughs> number of hairs on your head. A number of hairs. A number of hairs on your head. And for some of us, that's not a big deal. But for others, like Charles Pellegrino, it is a big deal. Jesus is omniscient in that he knows a donkey and uh, he knows where a donkey is. And he even knows who owns the donkey. And because the disciples might be afraid that if they just go and untie a donkey, someone might say, well, why are you stealing that donkey? Jesus says, tell them that the Lord is in need of it. And the disciples did because somebody asked them, what are you doing with my donkey? And uh, they said, well, the Lord is in need of that donkey. And the disciples gave that instruction and the owner approves. And so this massive crowd is welcoming Jesus with palm branches and they're laying down their cloaks approving of his kingdom. 
And the people were certainly right in welcoming him this way, but the only problem was the timing was off. All right, they were certainly right in this coronation of him as king, but that would come a little bit later. The timing was off. And so God has an, another omniscient plan to get the people on board in a different way. Jesus knew after his visit to the temple what his next move would be. So the, 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 the little, I shouldn't say little, the, the Palm Sunday, Palm Monday idea here is there's a whole bunch of people, but not soon after their praises, it looks like maybe the crowd just moves on. Because in verse 11, probably we're not told everything here by Mark, but in verse 11, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. And look at that next phrase. He looked around at everything. So Jesus went to the temple and he looked around at everything. What's Jesus doing? Well, if you were to use slang, he's casing out the joint. Right? He's casing out the joint. He's, he's taking a look at what is going on in the temple. And look at this, and it says, But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Jesus comes into the temple and he checks it out. And he already did this once a long time ago, where he came in and messed everything up in the temple because the people were using the temple in the wrong way. And Jesus' next move is going to be found in verse 15, which we will look at in probably next week. Jesus enters the temple that next day, that's, uh, that, that says, and begins driving the people out and turning the tables over and spilling the money all over and the money changers are going crazy. In his omniscience, his plan is, is to attack the very heart of their spiritual problem and that is their worship and it's in the temple and so this attack of course is planned by the omniscient God who knows the next point Jesus knew the crowd was fickle and the words Hosanna would soon be replaced with crucify him Jesus knew his attack at the temple would stir up this massive crowd when, Jerusalem, when Jesus came to Jerusalem, they were ready to hail him as Messiah if, here's a big if, if he did what they wanted him to do. And we kind of struggle with this as well. You know, me and Jesus, we're tight as long as he does what I tell him to do. <laughs> but when Jesus does something that I don't think he ought to do, then all of a sudden my relationship with him falters. And sometimes if he doesn't do it for a long time, I get to the point where I say, just throw up my hands and there is no God. I mean, if there was, he would do the things I want him to do. Well, Jesus knew that the crowd was fickle and uh, their hosannas would soon be replaced with crucify him. What did the people want Jesus to do? Well, mainly to overthrow the Romans and make the Jewish people politically and militarily in charge. <coughs> Excuse me. That's what the people wanted Jesus to do, but he didn't do that. Instead, 
he completely turned it around and attacked their very soul by condemning their worship. And he does that, well, this is Monday, he does that Tuesday. So their hosannas turned shortly into crucify him. Again, the omniscient God designed all this to coincide with the perfect lamb being sacrificed once for all on Passover, the day the Israelites killed the lamb and put the blood on their doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over. And the blood of Jesus, the one and only sacrificial blood of Jesus, is what protects us from the angel of death, if you will, and forgives our sin so that we are saved. And then the last point is this. Jesus knew that by Friday he would be hanging on a cross. Jesus knew that by Friday he would be hanging on a cross. So the Passion Week begins on Palm Monday. And uh, every day there's something in Scripture. You've got Monday, Thursday. You've got Good Friday. You've got Jesus in the temple. Different things on Tuesday and Wednesday. And we'll go through all of those as we continue our journey through Mark 11 through 16. But the most important truth you can learn from today's message is the next point, And that is, did you know... Since Jesus knew everything, did you know that he hung on that cross for you? It's the most important thing you can know from today's message. Jesus is omniscient, God is omniscient, and he planned all these things, and he's planning all the things that are happening in our world. But the most important thing that you and I need to know is that we need to know that Jesus did all of this for us. He hung on that cross on that Good Friday for us. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then John 3.17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. <coughs> what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. At the bottom of your bulletin there, Palm Monday or Sunday is the false coronation. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he received his true coronation and was seated at the right hand of God the Father. His earthly coronation, coronated in heaven, his earthly coronation happens when he appears on a white horse with the armies of heaven, Revelation 19, to establish his millennial kingdom. Now, I just got to read that again, because when I read it, I kind of get the chills. I don't know if you do. His earthly coronation happens when he appears on a white horse, not a donkey, with the armies of heaven to establish his millennial kingdom. Let's bow our heads for prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word. It is... Boy, again, just so practical. And it makes sense in the world that we're currently living in. Man, we don't have a clue. But we're glad to know that you do. We don't know what to do with our politics. But we're glad to know that you do. 
We don't know what to do with climate change and all that crazy stuff that we read about, but you do. We don't know even how to get along with our neighbors or our spouse, but with you we can. And we don't know how to have eternal life other than through a relationship with Jesus Christ who died on a cross that we might be of the redeemed. And so, Lord, we look forward to that day. In fact, we pray for that day when you will come from the heaven of heavens with the armies of heaven on a white horse and you will claim what is rightfully yours. And so, Lord, we look forward to that day. In the meantime, the Bible says there's going to be a lot of birth pains. And we are certainly experiencing that. But Lord, we know the end of the story and makes us have joy and hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.